0: That album compilation edition, covering soundtracks, tribute albums, best ofs, box sets, and more. Hello, everyone. It's Tom Quee here, filling in for Eric the Reanimator on the behest of the wonderful Morris. I've actually been on the show before, obviously not in this intro segment, but I've been on Love That album before, back to back, actually, which may be some sort of honor. I've not listened to all the episodes. Myself and Morris first covered uh, Joe Jackson's Heaven and Hell, his uh, sort of Dante esque suite uh, on the Seven Deadly Sins. And then I also covered uh, Gillian Welsh and Dave Rawling's Harrow and the Harvest which is one of the most remarkable pieces of Americana I think I've ever heard, you know, it's kind of a Cormac McCarthy with Cormac Mac McCarthy as it were, and yeah, absolutely sublime and today, you know I'm very grateful to get the opportunity from Morris he sort of came to me, said you can kind of cover whatever you want, spend about 20-30 minutes going on something that interests you musically and yeah, today I want to talk about John Martin, I, I don't know how popular John Martin really is out there in the world he's one of these guys that's, you know, really musician's musician I know that you know Clapton idolized the guy I think he yeah he covered um, May You Never which is a song we're not really going to talk about by Martin it's kind of a different sphere of his uh, on Slow Hand which I think like when um, the Eagles covered Tom Waits old 55 you know it sort of kept them going it was a great uh, showing of respect there but yeah John Martin is a bit of a, a cult hero And today, I want to look explicitly, because he's pretty much a folky, if you had a general impression of this guy, but he's also incredibly uh, experimental, his incorporation of echoplexes and delays and just kind of t- tore down a lot of the walls of folk and sort of took it out of its kind of chintzy, you know, dragon age kind of mining songs, whatever, that Davy Graham, John Renborn, finger picky. I love all that stuff, don't get me wrong, but it really, uh, you know, took it into the stratosphere and today I want to talk about four songs especially um, by him that I, I think are, you know, exceptional examples of that melding of his between that traditional one man and his acoustic guitar and also someone who just, you know, contained the multitudes of, um, of the universe, really, within his fingers. And, you know, these are some terrific, terrific songs. So, yeah, that's John Martin, really. John Martin, you know, began as uh, someone who was very, very normal, very on that Plain, you know, a virtuoso guitar player who was spending a lot of time in the, in the jazz clubs of London. Uh, he was signed, I think at the age of 19, uh, by Chris Blackwell of Ireland. I think he was the first white artist signed to Ireland, actually, or at least the first white major artist signed to Ireland. And uh, just before we get into Martin, actually, you know, love that album. One of the reasons that I love the show so much is not just because of, um, you know, all the, all the music that Morris collects. And, you know, maybe people don't know about John Martin, but the amount of musical anoraks like myself that listen to this, I'm sure you do. And I'm sure, hundreds of bands that I've never heard of that Morris and Co. always talk about. But, yeah, I thought I'd reflect just before we get into the songs about my own uh, relationship with John Martin. He is one of my all-time you know, favourite people in music. He's one of my, you know, major major heroes. Someone that I idolise. Uh, you may have heard on the episodes with Dominic Morris. Basically, the reason me and Morris uh, came across each other was through Tom Waits. Uh, myself and my very good friend Sam Wiles. We did a podcast called Down in the Hole, which we're going to rejuvenate shortly. We've sort of been on a hiatus because we've been through the entire back catalogue of Waits, album by album, pretty much covering everything apart from Glitter and Doom. his not, I guess his most recent release, he had uh, Bad As Me, maybe slightly after that as well, but, so we went through all the albums, and I think it was like six, seven weeks into the show, I was trying to find you know who else had done sort of Tom Waits podcast stuff and there was another Tom Waits podcast out there that just started in the same time weird. that always seems to happen happened when I started my Metallica podcast as well a few sprang up in that same era so some sort of zeitgeisty thing going down there but um yeah I was looking for you know other contemporaries uh, stuff to learn from found Morris's podcast as a result of that I think he'd had a friend on to discuss rain dogs he also had the guy the last word in Waits criticism Mr Barney Hoskins whose biography Waits low side of the road was a bible uh, for us it's a tome it's wonderfully written as well so so yeah that's basically how i got in touch with morris you know we started talking back and forth we were aware of that and you know became friends became um uh, simpaticos uh, through that musically uh, at least and and yeah and then it went on and then eventually i got into love that album So but I'm getting off track here i'm sort of rambling so so yeah what i'm trying to say is you know tom waits is someone that is on you know the utmost level of uh, admiration for me john martin's also there like, John Martin's at that table where, you know, the Beatles are, and all your other sort of cliches, but there's you know there's not too many guys and girls that I really value that highly and John Martin you know the reason why I want to talk about John Martin eventually I want to do a John Martin podcast um I'm, I'm, I always say to Morris about the podcast that I'm going to be working on I, you know I'm 26 myself and I can see myself doing podcasts for the rest of my life uh, I love long form analysis of bands and artists and, and writers and whatever so yeah me and John Martin John Martin for me has had such a huge influence I think because I got into him in such a formative year it's actually the first week of university so i went to the university of liverpool this would have been in 2010 and you know you go to university and everyone's drinking and partying and whatever and you sort of you're not really yourself you're just kind of projecting a you know homogenized social version and then you come into your own and you make proper friends blah 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 so yeah we were on the floor hanging out uh it was about 20 25 of us on the floor and there was this one guy anthony who's still a very good friend of mine, uh, incredible singer, wonderful guitar player, just, you know, out of this world musician really really great guy as well and we had sort of crossed paths a little bit and then I remember I was in my room and it was late and I was being very obnoxious actually but I was blasting uh Brian Eno's music for airports I think I was trying to get some work done or something but anyone's listened to that I think it's you know Eno conjured it essentially to be played in the stressful environments of the airports it's four sort of 10 20 minute tracks that are very Eno-esque they're very ambient they're very nebulous they seem to just sort of grow and the meand- uh, organically and he knocked on my door and you know we sort of had a little bit of repartee there and then I don't think you would ever heard it before and I feel like it was the next day where we're all sort of drinking and he invited me and a few of the sort of standard lads uh, you know geezers into his room and I think they all thought we were going to play video games or whatever but he got a DVD out and he put a DVD of John Martin playing live. And John Martin, if you've seen him live, he's entrancing, just a single man. And his he, he has such an odd persona as well. He could go from, like, this sort of slurred Scottish to this wise Cockney and, you know it really is that dialectic that I guess I'm sort of furrowing in this episode, really, between the folk and the experimental, but this is a guy who grew up in Scotland, his parents divorced, his parents were both opera singers, and, you know, he was going down to his mother in London in the summers, and then going back up to Scotland, and, you know, he was a very angry man, Um, you know, a lot of the stories you read, you have to sort of I don't know, you have to put that against what you know about, him. you have to sort of weigh that up and just think similar to Lennon, I suppose. You know, the music uh, dominates all, people can change, whatever. I'm not trying to uh, ruin John Martin before we get started, but, you know, very, very complex, very challenging guy. Anyway, uh, Anthony put on this DVD, and it's wonderful because... Every song uh John downs a can and it basically gets to the final song and just the stage is littered with a multitude of six packs. And I I I had never seen anything like this before. Uh I, I was I was spellbound pretty much instantly. Um I have this kind of archaic, weird way of valuing music that I know is a bit limited. But I always sort of ask three questions of an artist, and I don't think there's many artists that can tick all three, and John is certainly one of them, and Tom Waits is certainly another. Um, The first thing is proficiency with instrument, of which John is an absolute god. Uh, The second thing is songwriting. And the third thing is voice. You know, do, we're not we're sort of going to be talking more about instrumentals today. Although there is some voices on some of the songs, but yeah, the, 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 all three that 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 Trivium was ticked. And the other guys in the room left after the first song. They couldn't be bothered, and you know, whatever. I'm not. I'm not snidely kind of recollecting that. But I couldn't believe this music really and very quickly i started devouring everything john martin that i could ever get my hands on and i was really taken aback by how experimental how fearless some of this music was So, yeah, let's get into the music. So, in terms of Martin's career, um, his first two albums are, you know, they're interesting. They're a little twee. um, London Conversation, you know, the cover is him, uh, without shoes on, sitting on a chimney stack with his uh, acoustic guitar slung across his stomach. And The Tumbler, which is his second album, which again shows him in this field, kind of far off. The Tumbler, definitely a bit more experimental. It has flute in it as well. And then... It's quite it's quite intriguing because he became deeply involved with his muse, really. You know, Yates had, had Maud gone and uh, John had Beverly. Um, Beverly Martin, who was a kind of folk star in her own right, an incredible guitar player. And it's kind of sad what happened, really, that she was probably more popular than John when they got together and he... I don't want to say co-opted, but he's such a ginormous personality that he really became the dominant songwriter. He was backing her as guitar player through two of her albums, but they eventually became John and Beverly Martin albums. I think they're called Stormbringer and Road to Ruin. Most Martin fans don't really regard them that highly. I don't mind them. There's a few tracks here and there that have got my ear. But yeah, it's just a little quaint, a lot of that music. And when he came back for his fifth release, I guess technically his third release, um, which is the first song that we're going to talk about uh, the album itself, the album's called Bless the Weather one of my favorite albums of all time if you have any interest in john martin definitely pick this up it's not as challenging not that his music is that challenging it's not like bebop jazz or whatever you know it's very melodic and very accessible but he doesn't necessarily go too out of the water on this one too deep into the mire um but it's the closing track on this album called glistening glinderborn which is the first one that i want to talk about and i'm just going to quote uh, i'm going to quote from a few books in this episode and the first one i want to quote from is uh, an incredible book by john neil monroe uh, which is you know probably the best john martin biography i've got my hands on i've read a little just, you know there's surprisingly quite a few actually the guy is very very popular to his fans like so it's kind of uh evoked that dedication there but yeah the um the book's called some people are crazy the john martin story and uh speaking about glistening glinderborn quote the groundbreaking, glistening Glindabourne polarised opinions among music critics. The journalist Nick Kent came to regard it as one of the great songs of the decade, but Rolling Stone considered it to be rambling, while sounds more accurately recognised it as a masterpiece. The track showed John's increasing interest in electric music, with the sustain of the echoplex interweaving hypnotically with Danny's bass. That's Danny Thompson who was his right-hand man for many years. It was written after John passed through the small country town as the local opera house was emptying out and hundreds of people in dinner jackets and evening gowns pulled onto the rain so yeah the song uh, which i'm going to play in a moment you know we can't really go through the whole thing here but it starts very abstract with just these sort of sketches of uh piano chords you know there's not really even any guitar early on there's just a few strums here and there danny thompson i mentioned before him and john match made in heaven you know such an intelligent uh you know insightful bass player and he's kind of carving out these little structures for john to build on and it's all very i don't know it's all it's all very enticing it's all very celestial it's all quite hollow in a good way though it's quite empty uh but intriguing and then as we move on things things start to pick up pace i mentioned the echoplex before and that's what john you know a lot of people say that john invented trip-hop invented those sort of I, just, I, don't, I don't want to insult John, but think like the edge, you know what I mean? Like a lot of those repeating structures that build and build and build that sort of kaleidoscopic rhythm and the song just gallops and gallops forward and then we get into the later minutes where John is piercing above with higher notes and it's all this, you know, such an interlocking structure that has a, a throb of a human heartbeat at the centre. It's it's a wonderful track that closes, bless the weather. This is glistening Glinderborn. way it rises and falls is absolutely electric, and this is the kind of world that Martin occupied. It was, you know, in the 80s, he became like a sort of all-out-and-out out rock star. It was electric guitar, and he gained a lot of weight, and he wore sunglasses indoors, but this is when he was in more of his, um, you know, his, his cherub, his, his bow uh, stay, his, his Coleridge, Wordsworth nomad. Um, so the next song uh, that I want to look at, so basically, Bless the Weather Happen, and then John released what many regard is his definitive album it was actually his tribute to a good friend of his Nick Drake um Nick would stay at him and Beverly's house they're all in the same scene you know Nick and John obviously similar but different guitar players you know Nick was a bit more traditional i suppose John was exploring these avenues that Nick wouldn't really do but I I mean, Nick sort of ploughed Darker furrows, even though Martin himself, you know, has a lot of really kind of miserable <laughs> material. Um, but yes, yeah, Solid Air is the album that I'm talking of. Uh, I think most people will know John for this. It contains a lot of his most famous songs, uh, like May You Never, that I mentioned before, Over the Hill, the song Solid Air, uh, Go Down Easy. I think this is a perfect melding, really, of those abstract sensibilities, exploring and Bless the Weather and putting it into more of a... Song format And you know There's so many good songs I Don't Wanna Know uh, Is definitely one of My favourite John Martin songs ever If you've not heard that Check that out The melody on that Is absolutely superb And the next album After that is him going a bit out of his mind. I think the cover of this album really sums it up. So it's basically a silhouette of John, uh, black against a rising sun, but inside his head, a storm, uh, you know, a raging cloud-driven storm, uh, and lightning bolts are sort of shooting down his neck, and yeah, it's a great cover. So yeah, this is Inside Out. This is where John started using his voice more as an instrument, which is what he did quite a lot, you know, earlier on, he kind of a chippy, like, you know, and now he's very slurry, very weightsian to a certain extent you know just using the the sonorous tone of his vocal pipes and not really trying to enunciate often it's very hard to work out what he's saying often his words will blend into the notes especially in these kind of um reverb driven environments and the song that i want to point to uh is called outside in which is the longest song on the album um but it's actually a different version from inside out that i want to go to in terms of the song structure so uh, john uh, like the who before and i'm sure many other people did a live at Leeds Um, I'm pretty sure he printed this himself and produced it himself and all that sort of stuff did it in mail order and it was a giant success and the second song on this live disc and mine I think really needs to be heard live to really see the incredible skill this guy could conjure um, outside in uh, is the second song here? It's almost twelve minutes long, and it is just you know a wonderful, wonderful piece. You have the uh, you know again the exploratory foundations of Danny uh, Thompson with John, and you know Danny at a point seems to be attacking the fretboard. You know the notes hang on this sort of constant periphery. There's occasional arpeggios pulling up stuff from the uh, you know salty brine of Martin's chords, and around the two minute mark, uh, John basically intones the crowd to get on the knees and we enter this kind of shifting diaphanous echo chamber um, very different to glistening Glinda Bourne, a lot busier and John seems to have grasped the idea I think he spent many years actually learning the echoplex and learning how to use this thing and how to cut off rhythms and bounce notes between and occasionally you can hear John screeching above and there's it lends itself into lots of nice bends a really nice sonic world that um, sounds like many musicians but it's really these two guys having this holy communion union live and you know, you know it, it retracts at times it contracts it subsides it has a very alive quality it's very hard to work out quite where you are it can be quite bewildering uh at points but yeah i think it's just man and instrument and his bass player and you know it's just completely completely palpable to me it still stuns me this so yeah this is the live at leeds version of outside in to jump back slightly as well back into inside out uh which is again one of his most experimental albums as i said there's a song whose name i'm not going to pronounce i'm pretty sure it's welsh or celtic or something like that but yeah it's got like nine consonants in a row uh this is another fantastic instrumental by john here Uh, What's interesting to me... It's a bit like a national anthem, this one. There's something about the melody line... That makes me feel very patriotic... For like a forgotten fantasy world or something. Again, it's a bit shorter, this one. Three minutes. But I love the way he uses he sort of reverses the strums to give almost like a a from almost like a sort of um a hit of strings or or a piano chord or something very simple underneath and the way these two things interact is is marvelous for me you know i really find it quite breathtaking love this song as well again not too much to say on this one explicitly i just want to urge you guys to go and listen i haven't you know I can't put all the songs in here, unfortunately. I don't want to take up the whole episode, and that would be pointless anyway. But uh, yeah, that's another track that I like. <laughs> song that i want to focus on is probably my favorite uh john martin song so this is off the album one world which a lot of people regard as maybe his sort of last great album he really had this run uh bless the weather into solid air, into inside out into one world. Um, you know, Sunday's Child and Grace and Danger follow up. Grace and Danger, which is actually uh, produced by Phil Collins, who was a great friend of his. It's an amazing breakup album, actually. It's so much heartbreak. A lot of people. I've read the other day someone describing uh, Martin's vocal style as being like a wounded bear. And he was quite a giant man in many ways. And, you know, he did have that quite. Uh, yeah sort of deflated romantic quality to him sort of you know avant-garde to a certain extent just in his singing if nothing else but yeah this is small hours from one world to set us up i'm going to quote from one of my all-time favorite musical books uh if anyone is into folk music or psychedelic music in britain it's kind of what it talks about um you have to read rob young's electric eden uh, with the subtitle unearthing britain's visionary music and here's what he has to say about this track One morning, between three and six o'clock, the engineers set up a pair of amplifiers on floating pontoons spaced widely apart on the water. Martin set up a drum machine and his effects pedals in an outdoor spot overlooking the lake, plugged in his guitar and taped the extraordinary instrumental small hours. Over a programmed electronic heartbeat and picking up the ambient sound of geese honking on the shore and the distant rumble of a goods train, Martin practically breathes through his guitar pickup, squeezing stained glass chords for his tenderly applied volume pedal. So this song is just something else, really, to me. It begins so delicately and the chords feel so tidal you know they're very simple effects he's getting it reminds me a little bit of um george harrison on i need you now wow wow but kind of more classy i think to a certain extent Uh, martin's very hushed here you know he does sing actually he sort of he built the instrumental and sang over the top of it the idea of small hours as well the idea of a defined length of time differing and that's what you get here time does feel arrested you feel sort of trapped in. the middle of the waves of this track Um, there's a version of him playing it live at Reading University that I think's got quite a few views online I think people recognize that as one of the definitive live editions of Small Hours but yeah I mean Martin sort of turns the whole acoustic guitar on its head really i think waves is the best description of this song and i love the fact that uh young mentioned the good strain as well which you can hear and you can hear the geese and it feels very on plein air you know to quote the impressionist here this is a glorious song one that really sort of leaks ambience but is still very compelling there's a, there's a swirl it's very enchanting it's got a Fairly simple composition that thrives in the space that it creates. The volume pedal is always moving in and out. You know, it's always cresting. There's a wide expanse here. And towards the end as well, there's like electric playing, which is nice. Really swooning. I just don't want to call it a solo, but it's just a kind of a flurry of pain notes that sum up the song. Again, this is quite a long song. You know, these songs. They don't meander, I think they just, they just exist, they thrive in this, There's such a gentle arch, there's a, a glorious bubbling to this song. I kind of struggled to think what bit of Small Hours I wanted to you know, show you guys, I want you guys to listen to, because so much of the song is terrific. If there's any song you're going to listen to, definitely go listen to Small Hours, uh, one of the best John Martin songs ever recorded. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I didn't really have too many notes. I just had the books with me. But I just wanted to just talk a little bit about John Martin. I don't get this excuse to do that. And I definitely am going to do an album-by-album review sometime in the future. Um, I want to say again, huge thank you to Morris for having me on, I always bug Morris, to get me back on to love the album, because he loves The replacements as much as I love the replacements, and I'd love to spend 20 minutes just going over why Left of the Dial is one of the best songs ever written, uh, Morris please, <laughs> I know you're listening, let's do Tim together sometime soon, but seriously, it has been, you know, an honor, a pleasure to be on here. I'm a giant, giant fan of this podcast and the See Here podcast and you know anything else uh, that Morris is involved in. If you've enjoyed listening to this and you want to listen to more of my stuff, um, I do Alpha Metallica. I do a Metallica podcast where we go through every song in alphabetical order. We're up to, where are we now? We're about the uh, eyes. We're just getting into the eyes now. It's a very, very early day still. We're about 70 odd episodes in. Uh, I do a podcast about battle rap as well you guys are interested in battle rap uh competitive man poetry which oddly there's quite a giant scene for it around the world i interview battle rappers um i also like watchman alan moore and dave gibbons um you know incredible incredible uh, graphic novel you know masterpiece uh, myself and a friend have sort of reviewed every issue called sort of watching the watchman but um yeah this has been tom go listen to some john martin if you enjoy john martin check out bless the weather and Sorry There. I, there's no way you regret it, but some of the best albums ever recorded in that sort of folk experimental sphere. But yeah, thanks again for listening, guys.
1: Been walking round 10th Street and mean, I've been looking for a girl to give me cocaine. Cocaine sure and round my ring Been strolling round 10th Street and mean, been looking for someone to give me cocaine. Cocaine sure and round my brain.